Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast, audio only. Johnny Venerable joined as always. Bo Brock dropping on a Friday morning ahead of Giants at Cardinals this coming Sunday. And Bo, uh, what would I what would I tell you if the Cardinals have only won two games in 24 months? at our beautiful State Farm Stadium. What, what kind of message does that send to the fan base, and how can JG and company change that this weekend? I mean, this is going to be their biggest opportunity to date to kind of change the narrative around this organization, getting it done in front of the home fans and giving the Red Sea reasons not to sell their tickets, as you know, infamously this, this fan base has been known to do, or you know, season ticket holders, ticket holders give them to opposing fans, hopefully not too many giants fans out there on Sunday, but you know, this is the home opener. This is the opportunity. And you don't see Jonathan Gannon buy in too much to like how many or lack thereof games they've won over the last two seasons, but he does understand just the opportunity to go out there and, and change the perception of this team and in, in how it plays when it has the advantage of playing in front of its home fans. I remember asking Cliff Kingsbury this time last year, right before the season, we met with him, Bo, and I asked him, do you guys, how are you going to do things differently at home? Because mm-hmm. you were so bad at home. You know, they, they won that Houston Texans home game with D-Hop and J.J. Watt, Watt right before Watt got hurt in 2021 in October, and then they lost out at home. And he said, you know, we, we put in some new protocols in place. We've got some protocols that we're going to change, and those protocols were good for one home win last year that Thursday night win against the New Orleans Saints on, on uh, Thursday night football. Um, that's it for 2022 and beyond. So, I mean, like, to me, Gannon can can say all the right things, and I think he has at his press conferences, but, like, you got to give people a product that they want to come and support. And this franchise has been kind of saddled with really mediocre to bad football at State Farm Stadium. They've actually played better on the road mm-hmm. dating back to 2020, 2021, but really, it feels like ever since that Kyler Murray, D-Hop, Hale Murray that really happened during the pandemic season, barely any fans in the stadium, like it's been a long time. Remember all those kind of faux records, but they were kind of legitimate. The, the sellout streak, right, with the Red Sea and the stadium coming to be in t- 2006, like that feels like forever ago. And and yes, like if I'm a paying customer, like I want to come see Kyler Murray, maybe eventually like Marvin Harrison Jr., like I want to watch star players play. And so, like, if you're not going to trot that out this year, at least early on, like, you better be a really buttoned up 
operation and give a ton of effort. So if I'm spending big money with my family, like it's something that at least you can keep me engaged for four quarters. And it's been heartbreak too. I mean, when you think about how they've let so many games slip through their fingers uh, over the last nearly two years, uh, you think of Thursday night football against the Green Bay Packers, right? AJ Green never turns around. It's a pick yeah. after Kyler Murray is just absolutely dealing on that drive, going 90 plus yards. And it could have been a signature moment. And it seems like that was kind of the first what home game post that Texans win, right? Yeah. And you just haven't seen it like throughout last season outside of New Orleans. I mean, the Philly game where you had an unbeaten Eagles team in town up, you know, against the ropes. And you've got a weird play where your quarterback you know, slides. It looks like he's got the first down. They don't move the markers. He spikes the football. And next thing you know, you're doing a fire drill as far as trying to get a replacement kicker out there to tie the football game. And he misses it from a very, you know, makeable kick, uh, what, 40 yards, 42 yards. And you take an L. You take an L on Christmas to Tom Brady, a very winnable game. You take a loss to the Patriots before that. You take a loss uh, and to, to the Los Angeles Chargers who go for two after – arching down the field and beating up, beating you up. It, it's, it was, it's just been heartbreak after heartbreak and to see a team potentially go out there and execute, maybe even play above expectations because there aren't a lot for this Arizona Cardinals team, I think would help just kind of change the overall vibe at home. And I think Jonathan Gannon wants his team to play well, no matter what, I think that's his whole point of emphasis and he's not going to buy too much into the home field advantage versus playing on the road. But you know, these next two weeks are are a great opportunity. He's talked this much to really dial in their routine and what protocol is going to be for the JG Cardinals. I'm sure it's going to be way better and more detailed than, you know, what it was under Cliff Kingsbury, regardless of what he said. I'm looking at the schedule um, for this year, Bo, and they've got the Giants, obviously, this weekend. Then they've got a string of three games, Cowboys, Niners, Bengals, uh, where all of them are, are going to be difficult. I would imagine each game right now, the Arizona Cardinals will be double-digit underdogs, even at home. Um, it, I don't. I hate must-win at any point in an NFL season when playoff bursts aren't, aren't on the line, but... I mean, I get it. You got the the LA Rams week six, and and then you know you got the stretch week eight, week nine to week twelve, where it, it lightens up a little bit. But like, is is this the best opportunity for a W for for a hot minute for our Cardinals? Like, I, I saw some people online, the Twitter streets, basically saying like, Cardinals don't beat the Giants this weekend. You, you could be waiting until like November potentially to secure a W if that. I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think within the next three weeks for sure. I mean, we'll see what week two brings as far as your week five opponent in Cincinnati who looked like one of the worst teams. They're not, but they had one of the worst performances in week. They can four. look bad on any given Sunday. Yeah, they, they can. They can. And, and they've got to shake off a rough start to the season, but we'll see who they look like in week two. The Rams obviously came out of the gates and pounded the Seahawks and completely surprised people. So we'll see what week six looks like in week seven, that Seahawks team. They were on the opposite end of that drubbing. But I think weeks three and weeks four, you've got two teams out of the gates that are pretty well-oiled. Brock Purdy hasn't missed a, a step uh, with his with his elbow. Him and Brandon Ayuk look pretty good. That offense looks solid. That defense looked equally as good. So, like, as far as the talent that you're going to face beyond week two, like in week three and three, week four, I think that that's going to be potentially very humbling games. 
to where this one, at least you could get, if you get that win out of the way, uh, I, I think it, it would go a long way. It's for, and if you go, if, you go one and three instead of zero oh and four because then it's a very brutal zero oh and four instead of a maybe. Hey, you know there there's some nice things we saw in week two against this Giants team, and when when the talent is is kind of equal, you can see Jonathan Gannon's team uh, pull one out. Competing, right? I I think there's also something to be said getting a win before Kyler Murray comes back. I think it puts a lot of pressure unnecessarily on Kyler Murray playing savior ball, hero ball when he returns uh, at, you know, when this team is potentially 0-6, 0-7. Just, I think that's a difficult proposition. And there's something that, you know, Bo, I pose this offseason. There's going to be people that ask, well, if this team is over, they're two months into the season, like why are you bringing Kyler Murray back? Now, I think they should. You've got to evaluate, number one. you got to see what you have in this offense with Drew Petzing. But, like, that becomes a what I think is a front page dominating storyline. If this, if this team starts 0-7, 0-8, and Kyler Murray's cleared to return and he wants to play, people mm-hmm. are going to say you need to sit this kid and and ship him out of town and get Caleb Williams. Like, I don't agree with that. I think you let mm-hmm. Kyler Murray play himself into contention for 2024 and beyond, hopefully. But again, I'm just I'm thinking about the hypotheticals that I I believe will be on the table that this team is going to have to deal with. I mean, we saw Monty Austin Ford be asked about Caleb Williams during training camp. It's just like, guys, I'm trying to get through my first season. I think it just brings unnecessary attention. And I, again, talk about ripping the bandaid off. I thought they were going to do it last week. They almost did. That would have been a blessing for this team to be able to notch a win early and just kind of play free. Um, you know, you, you lose this weekend and it, it does, it does add some pressure in the coming weeks because of how, how much of a mismatch it's going to be against three teams that are all contenders in their respective conference. We saw Kyler Murray out there running um, on Thursday, right? He was out yeah. there uh, working out with Buddy Morris, and you know I can't tell you anything beyond like he was he was working out with Buddy and continuing his rehab, and he continues to be uh, involved, not practicing with his team, but he's at practice in as much capacity as he can be on the pup list. And I just don't get the sense like he, he really does feel like he's chomping at the bit. And when you talk about, you know, the team staring down a winless start and then him being ready to come back, uh, you've got guys, fierce competitors from Buda Baker, who we talked to on Thursday, because you're white to, you know, guys on the offensive side of the football to where uh, the biggest issue you have as a first year head coach that is and Wilkes dealt with this is when you lose the locker room. And if you have a player the, with the ability of Kyler Murray uh, ready to go and you say, well, nope, we're going to sit him. You, I think you really put yourself in a vulnerable spot to lose the locker room. And then that puts yourself on the hot seat. I don't care what, you know, how, you know, how many years were left on the previous coaching staff deals and stuff like that. Like it's, it's a results-based league, obviously. And the results aren't, you know, paramount this season development is the big thing. And also the message and direction from, front office and the coaching staff are, are they they're they're of the utmost importance and if if those if if those entities say uh kyler's ready but we're we're not going to sit him that proves to to everybody that they, they don't want to do everything within their their ability to win football games and you can lose you can lose people and that, yeah. that would be that would be a a huge blow 
to them moving forward. I don't care what their draft capital looks like. I don't care what their cap space looks like. You talked about practice this week, Bo. You were at practice every day. And and while the Cardinals, I, I would still consider them relatively healthy. You know, mm-hmm. LJ Callier projected to maybe miss this weekend, I think is under the radar. Yeah. Difficult for this team to overcome. It's one of their more consistent defensive linemen. You would assume that Saquon Barkley is going to be a focal point of what the Giants want to do after last week's disaster against Dallas. Kelvin Beecham's back, you know, practice fully this week. That's a good sign. I'm not worried about James Conner, but give me your synopsis on the injury report and how that could impact this team on Sunday. Yeah, Collier would be a huge loss. I mean, he's a guy that's been disruptive, you know, throughout preseason into into week one. Um, he's he's dealing with that uh, with a uh, biceps issue, and he he hasn't practiced at all. We haven't seen 91 out there, and, and Josh Woods uh, a lesser blow because I think you've got depth as far as Chris Barnes, and then maybe a, a, we'll see if a Owen Papo uh, is somebody that that sees playing time or is on the active roster come game day. But you know, Lecky Fotu, luckily with the shoulder issue, has just been limited the last two weeks and doesn't seim like he's in danger of missing this game. If you were missing, he's been great. Both, yeah, he was. He has been. Um, if you were missing both, and you've got that rotation, and, and you're putting guys out there who aren't going to be as fresh, and then you do have a talent like Saquon Barkley. Uh, you know, just kind of who can who can be a bruising back between the tackles. Um, that would that would be that would be a tough day on Sunday. You would be really be putting yourself uh, in a in a rough spot. So it really doesn't look like unless Collier comes out of from the clouds on Friday and is goes from two DMPs to to practicing. Uh, I'd be shocked if he if he plays on Sunday. But if Fotu seems like he's he's gearing up. So now you've got Fotu, you've got Carlos Watkins. You've got Kevin Strong. You've got uh, you've got some depth there that I think you can continue to run that rotation. Uh, it's just it, just unfortunate. I, I think you just miss one of your guys. The, the, the diversity and the versatility and, and the freshness. It's it's just down one guy. It's not it's not a, it's not like a, a torpedo to what you want to do up front. No, but I I do think that the Cardinals have a chance to disrupt again, and mm-hmm. you would love to be able to build and not to say that they can't to build on that that front seven performance, especially with a team that could, could be missing Andrew Thomas and Darren Waller's limited. And even though he says he's going to play like yeah. there are chances for this defensive line to get after, especially in front of a home crowd. Um, but on the flip side, like feels like the, somebody texted me today, Bo and said, man, the, the practices seem so physical for the Cardinals. Even in midweek, there's that clip that's going around of Zayvon Collins mm. and uh, Paris Johnson jr. Getting after it. And it's just like, yeah, they're 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 preaching physicality. I don't remember any Cliff teams like this. You know, we have you know uh, opportunity of revisionist history, but it just always felt like they were just kind of going through the motions during the week. And I, I don't know how physical and you can speak to this. They were when you when you're getting that video. I mean, that's in the in the open portion. That's not even just like when they're on the field and they're scrimmaging and they're doing sevens or they're doing elevens. I mean, that was that was just offensive line drill versus pass rush drill. And just after warmups. So, yeah, that was. Well, and then you, th- you, you just think about like. Yes. Yeah. Zayvon Collins should be getting better every week. He had a great, great opener. Would love to see him get after the quarterback this week. Like BJ Ojolari, not on the injury report, practicing mm-hmm. fully, like with each passing week. You know, number 18 is going to be out there contributing, like even with Collier missing time this week. Like, hopefully, these supplemental edge rushers can can pick up the slack. Because it, it does feel like where they got their most pressure, you know, I, I guess, you know, 
correction. Gardeck had two sacks. Victor Dumakeji had a sack. Like the, the the outside linebackers did their job, but I mean, Fotu was fantastic. Yeah, Ledbetter um, was great. Ledbetter was great. Like he was the one who got the, thing, the hand up. He, he tipped the ball that Zabin picked off. So I mean, the defensive tackles were the I think were the co MVPs of that front seven. So I, I I do think there's enough depth there. And man, I would I would love to see BJ Ojolari get opportunities this week. I know it's still pretty early for him, but he with missing all of the offseason into training camp, it, I think with each passing week, you're going to see him build more and more confidence with this defense. Yeah, hopefully, maybe he can double his snap production. Right? I think he yeah, was right. yeah, well, that'd be a positive if he goes from 12 to 24, uh, and then he's right there, you know, right with, with everybody else. Where I think. The other guys were 26, 27, 29 snaps, and that's great. Um, and we're talking a lot about the defensive side of the football because I think the defense gives you a chance. And when you look at the key injuries, like uh, on, on the other side of the football, like you said, Beecham, it seems like he's back, and your top swing tackle is going to be in the, you know, can, can it be inserted in a lineup if, if called upon? And then James Conner, you know, he's on there, another limited practice with a calf. He's got the sleeve on his calf, but he still looks like he's rolling out there and, and nothing's going to take him out of the game. Uh, but the defensive side, it, 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 it put them in such a position in week one to where if it it's it's not a, a repeat performance, like the offense, like I, I don't think there's a whole lot of confidence that this offense can can put up the points necessary if, if the defense isn't as strong as it was in week one. And I think that that's why we're talking about it so much because that's the strength of this team right now. It's, it's how they, you know, with a, getting a puncher's chance, the defense gives them that puncher's chance. I mean, Tony Pollard had a really successful day against the giants last week. I know it was in the elements. It was raining, but like, I mean, you'd be, you'd be naive to believe that. I mean, the Cardinals ought to be watching that with Drew Petsy saying, we just got to replicate what they did um, and push people around that front seven. We previewed it all week, but we're going to continue to talk about it. It's, it's fine. It's I, I would say it's maybe equally as vanilla as what the Cardinals have mm-hmm. for, you know, respectfully speaking. And I think the Cardinals have a more, it's a really yeah. Good. But, but I mean, again, at this point, those guys, they, they've been paid. Just, it feels like the Giants could be with the Eagles moving to 2-0, and everybody anointing the Cowboys, Washington's at 1-0 and now. Like you could get the Giants at a very vulnerable position if mm-hmm. you get the lead on them at any point. Everybody's talking about the Cardinals being historically bad. You have a, you have a lead in halftime. You have the lead in you know Cardinals led at halftime and into the third quarter last week. Right, and it took two two kind of fluky s turnovers by Joshua Dobbs for for Washington to win that game. They don't have that front seven. They don't have no. they don't not have, even close. Yeah, they don't have Jonathan Allen. They don't have Deron Payne. They don't have. Um, That's what. Yeah, they they don't have that ability. I don't think they have game wrecking front seven to where they're when they're down big and they need two big plays. They might get one big play, but um, and, and you gotta you gotta feel like that the Cardinals can get enough, generate enough offense. And and, and the difference is, you know, you're in a dome. You're not dealing with the elements anymore. No wet footballs. Uh, you should have a quieter, obviously. <laughs> environment. It should your home opener. You know, Jonathan Gannon asking for. Wyatt on offense, loud on defense. It should be Cardinals fans leading the charge there. Uh, and Joshua Dobbs should, should take, you know, an incremental step forward and that this offense should be much better. And, you know, it, it with, with, I think the secondary is probably not as talented as what you faced in week one and the front seven certainly isn't as, as talented. 
they have a quarterback who can move and they got a running back that on his best days is amongst like top three back in the NFL. And so, you know, I pretty good against Saquon. Now, obviously you're dealing, you know, people point out it's not the same. Obviously you're not dealing with the same talent level on defense, but you know, we saw that that didn't seem to matter week one. Um, I was so impressed with how the Cardinals were against the run in week one. And yeah. I know what Washington's game plan may have just had that as a complimentary piece, but it wasn't Robinson's touchdown. It was a, it was a receiving touchdown, right? It was. And it just, I mean, their offense was very stagnant in the fourth quarter, kind of by default, just so they could basically play field position and keep a lead and put their strength, which is their defensive line back on the field. But it, it just, it felt like so many times last year, the Cardinals with Watt and Zach Allen, could not get a push up front. Now I think that's more schematics and Vance Joseph's philosophy more than anything, but like I, you know, if they can replicate the run defense that they had last week, and that's a tall task. Cause I, I think Daniel Jones is going to be out on the move. I think they're going to have him booted around and some quarterback keeps. They can suffocate him and Saquon. I think that's, that's how you win this game. Cause I, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be able to drop back and throw it 25, 30 times without turnovers and, and to win this game. Like Sam Howell, I mean, it, it took the Cardinals coughing it up for Sam Howell to win that game. Sam mm-hmm. Howell was, was asking for multiple interceptions. It, Cardinals are in a good position because they're going to have the home crowd on their side. You would assume. And, and, and frankly, I, I do think that they continue to play with house money. I think things could get tight after this week. But this this is the final time, at least for a hot minute, where you could say, we got nothing to lose. Let's let's win this game. This team's playing for everything. They're playing for their season. You drop to 0-2, it's a 10% chance you make the postseason. Everybody else in our division's undefeated potentially. I, I it's a lot of pressure on Brian Dable because I with with each passing game, and you pointed this out, Bo, the Giants are fraudulent. Daniel Jones is fraudulent. Was last year a, a mirage? Was it a fraud as well? Yeah. And, you know, they they played each other in the finale in, in 2022, 2023. JG's got his backup players in there, and they're still winning. They still beat the Giants. And then the yeah, Giants, they I remember that. They got another fraudulent <laughs> team in the playoffs and the Vikings, and, and they take advantage of them. And then they meet JG and, and the Eagles, and they, they roll them 38-7. And the next game is 40 nothing blowout at the hands of the Cowboys. It's mm-hmm. they're sputtering. They're, they're, they're searching for answers. And, you know, in this, we think we, we, a lot of people believe that Brian Dable's a good football coach and you can see Buffalo struggling without him and, and what he was able to do as the OC there. But um, the league adjusts to you. Like when you put enough on tape and we saw this with Cliff Kingsbury, where you thought, okay, you saw him progressively get better, five wins, eight wins, 11 wins. Uh, and then the league just caught up and, couldn't he couldn't compete and you know dable's gotta he's gotta punch back he's gotta readjust uh you know how how he his team operates and get it back on track and this is this is the opportunity for them and if not like they could they could spiral way out of control so they better be focused there's there's a lot of different variables that go into this it's like they need to get back on track daniel jones needs has a lot to prove after the contract that he signed this offseason saquon obviously uh, has a lot to play for, and he's just a premium player. And then you got, you know, Mike Kafka, you know, the play caller. He, his offense got shut out, and this was an organization that said, "Hey, thanks, but no thanks. We're not. We don't want you. We, we're going to go a different direction at head coach." Makes you feel good, though, doesn't it? The, the Cardinals with a defensive head coach potentially have a calling card in their defense. Two games in, I, I would love to see them build off of that. They're number two in total defense right now. 
two in sacks, three takeaways, which is tied for first in the NFL. He has 17 sacks in five games against the Giants. Now, I know you got Fletcher Cox and all those big names, but did it look like Fletcher Cox was playing for the Cardinals last Sunday at times? I mean, like the pressure that they got from guys that weren't even, you know, playable with Vance Joseph, respectfully, mm-hmm. like. Victor Dumakeji had like six sacks in the preseason last year. Yeah. And then like you had you couldn't get him out of the lineup fast enough during the regular season. That's how it's like, okay, this guy's a liability. No, actually, he can play. It's like, hey, we're gonna go roll out. If you roll out Ben Neiman and he's gonna play 50% of the snaps and he's gonna play those like on a full series, like in multiple series, and you're playing against the team like KC, they're like, hey, go find Neiman. Like go at him and, and try to expose him. But when you got guys rolling in on a, on, a, on a different downs in, yeah. in the rotation that they have, that is steady, you got fresh bodies in there. And the, and the difference between, you know, obviously the, 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 just like normal, you know, regular player. And then obviously the star players, it's, it's not that big. And so when you've got fresh bodies in there and they know what they're doing, it's, it's not, you know, obviously it's not like the big, huge, Huge plays, but it's effective. It's really effective. Dennis Gardeck was effective, man. Spin move. I, I, I'll put money right now on Betham Jim if I'm able that he's he's going to bring down Daniel Jones on on Sunday, especially if Andrew Thomas is out. Eat all the crow if if uh, Dennis Gardeck, maybe future friend of the program, leading this team in sacks in two weeks with three sacks and projected to have double digit sacks. We had a kind of a tongue in cheek conversation this off season. Could could somebody for the Cardinals get to ten sacks? And I think you you and I both like cautiously said, yeah, maybe like Cameron Thomas, mm-hmm. maybe Zayvon Collins if he explodes. Right? What if it was Dennis Kardec, the fifth man out uh, of that rotation? Be great to see. Check us out, Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable, Football Friday, Bo Brock. We're going to preview the game. We're going to talk about our X factor, who we think is going to come out, offense, defense, and final game predictions, my friend. I'm excited to do the Friday preview. Can't wait to do it. You'll be in studio. We'll be breaking it down, probably crack some Four Peaks beer. And uh, make sure you're keeping up with everything going on around this team. Our guy, Howard Balzer, writing all the great articles. Go phnx.com. Check those out and check out all the card swag we have in the PHNX locker. That's phnxlocker.com. And if you haven't done so, great stuff this week from Greg Dorch and Kayvon Wallace. It was a member of the Cardinals. He was uh, – Probably one of the the, the unknowns and, and starred on in week one. Find out more about Kayvon on the All Purpose Podcast. Subscribe to that where you find pods. And, of course, subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Like and subscribe. We're back on a Friday. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you then. Mm-hmm.